Hi and welcome to Game Talk. I'm your host, Connor Haynes. That's right, season two, this is a coup. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Today I'm good. joined by Mike. Hello. And Amid. Hi. Uh, today, I think we're going to talk about uh, probably the biggest, maybe the biggest news of all time in gaming. Yeah, that's not hard. I know we like to like indulge in hyperbole a lot on this show, but like this, this is probably it. I can't think of anything bigger. Yeah, I don't need to continue this bit for too long. But um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, or is in the process of buying, but I, it's a sure thing. I, the ink's not dry yet. So this is a $67 billion purchase. Yeah. So it's kind of, to let uh, that sink in, this is like, what, six, seven Bethesdas? Like, the Bethesda was $7 billion, I think. Oh, so it's like 10 Bethesdas. It's, Beth- it's 10 Bethesdas, yeah. Yeah, like... Uh, so just to put this in context, right, like, I knew after Microsoft bought Bethesda that they weren't done, right? Like, I knew they were going to buy some other people. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought Activision Blizzard. Like, this is one yeah, of I the... I mean, we were, we were is, saying, like, Sony or Square Enix, or not Sony, we were saying Sega or Square Enix. Yeah, like, like, this is just unprecedented. Like, this is... I, I hate this, <laughs> honestly. Like, I think this is... I think this spells a very grim future of what's to come because like this means that anyone is fair game if yeah, microsoft well, can yeah. buy this was the biggest one like if microsoft can buy activision what's to stop them from buying ea next year like or, or nintendo the the only thing with nintendo is like i think japan like just them being a japanese and co- company and everything i don't think they'd sell out for any amount of money but, I think Microsoft has tried to buy Nintendo before, and they laughed in their face. I think yeah, before, yeah. before the Xbox, I'm pretty sure Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo. Like, it's it's more, it's not even about, like, the price for them. It's just, like, a, it's like a, an insult to them, right? Like, the yeah. fact that they would even, you know, try to do that, I think. That's how they see it. Yeah, so I, I kind of agree with you that this is, like, crazy. But I, I'm of two minds about it, because, it, like, there was no worse IP hell than Activision Blizzard other than like Konami probably. Like yeah, no, no, there are definitely positives to come out of this. And the positives being that like there's a good chance that Microsoft will straighten Activision Blizzard out. And by straighten yeah. out, I mean like get rid of all of like the horrible sexual harassers and stuff that have plagued. Yeah, Bobby Kotick is probably out. Uh, but but More even on top of that, like I think they're gonna like I mean, I just feel like anybody with a good head on their shoulders could see, like, a lot of value at Activision Blizzard that for some reason they wasn't good enough for them. Like, Yeah, I, it's just, there's so many things to talk about with this, right? Like, so, like, I guess the first thing is, like, Microsoft once again expands their party of, you know, first party studios by what? 16 now so let's just i mean if you play a first person shooter there you need an xbox now an xbox or a pc like a ps5 is not going to cut it for you anymore yeah it's it it is the fact that like and i and one of my coworkers made this point to me today and i thought it made sense that like from the perspective of the kind of games that activision blizzard offers like mainly like the fps's and stuff like that it's a really good fit with xbox because xbox really is sort of like has been the multiplayer shooter console forever but, like, just to put this in perspective, here are the 16 studios that uh, Microsoft now owns. Activision Shanghai, which is a support studio. Beanox, which is a support studio supporting Call of Duty and Crash Bandicoot. Five Blizzard teams. Team 1 supports StarCraft. Team 2 supports World of Warcraft. Team 3 supports Diablo. Team 4 supports Overwatch. Team 5 supports Hearthstone. 
Demonware, which is a support studio, Digital Lab Studio uh, Entertainment, which is a support studio, High Moon Studios, which is a support studio and supports Call of Duty, Infinity Word, which is, you know, a Call of Duty developer, King, which is a mobile developer who uh, created Candy Crush, which I'm still pretty sure is like the biggest mobile game ever. I believe so, yeah. Uh, Radical Entertainment, which is a support team, and they were supporting Destiny back when uh, Bungie was part of Activision. Sledgehammer, also Call of Duty developer. Toys for Bob, they did Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and now they're supporting Call of Duty Warzone. And Treyarch, which is a Call of Duty developer. So, a lot of Call of Duty studios, a lot of, you know, Blizzard IP studios, like World of Warcraft, Diablo, that sort of thing. I guess, I, I think the biggest thing to take away from this, at least in how it will impact Sony, because like it or not, like, that's a big part of this conversation, right? Like, Call yeah, of Duty... Yeah, I've seen a lot of people that are like, alright, Sony, who are you gonna buy now? And I don't think that's the takeaway. That's, that's not really Sony's MO. I mean, like, like what are they gonna do? Like, poop out a hundred billion dollars? Like, that's not how this works, you know? Like, they have yeah. to find no, they don't, another they way don't to They don't have the bankroll to buy Activision Blizzard. Yeah, I, right, like, it's just physically not possible, right? Yeah. But, um... But, like, the biggest way this impacts Sony, and therefore, I think, just mainstream gaming as a whole, is that Call of Duty will likely become an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, uh, I, I don't see Warzone becoming exclusive, but right, yeah, like in, in a similar Call of Duty entry, and that's a that's a good value for Game Pass. Like, yeah, and and you know, like everything is up in the air now, right? Like, do we still think Microsoft is going to pump out a Call of Duty every year? Yes, I, I agree with that. I think so, but like, there's a chance they could be like, okay, COD is every two years, and it's going to be hyper polished or whatever. Well, yeah, and the, they use the, the other has, studios for the something has else. So much room to change once it's once Call of Duty isn't just Call of Duty anymore. Call of Duty is like a selling point of Game Pass now, and like maybe it doesn't need to be every year because it's got that monthly revenue. Maybe it's you know uh, an I mean, update every year. Honestly, like, dude, I feel like Call of Duty alone could probably double the current Game Pass user base. Like, yeah, because like the the people who buy Call of Duty every year might not even know about Game Pass right now. Like, but yeah. like having it be in Game Pass and like those, you know, those people seeing that they can spend, you know, 10 or 15 bucks a month, uh, you know, rather, you know, which is not, you know, 15 bucks a month for Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live Gold is not bad compared to what, 10 bucks a month for Xbox Live you needed to play anyway. I mean, let's put this into perspective, right? Like Microsoft has said again and again, they want Game Pass to be the Netflix of gaming, right? Like. It's already way like this alone makes it way better than the Netflix of gaming. Like I mean, way like, better than Netflix was at its peak, I think. Here, well, here's the thing, it is the Netflix of gaming now, right? Like yeah. it and and the the point being that like if you're okay paying like what, like fifteen, twenty dollars a month for Netflix, you should be okay paying an equivalent amount for Game Pass, right? Yeah, Game Pass right. is ten dollars a month for Game Pass PC for anybody yeah, it's, keeping track. Yeah, it's, it's and I believe fifteen dollars a month for Game Pass Ultimate, which gets you Game Pass PC, Game Pass console, and uh, the price will almost assuredly increase after this Activision merger happens. Like they cannot yeah. stay that cheap. Well, maybe. I mean, it depends on how many more people join because of it. Because like it's an economy of scale thing, right? Like. It isn't an economy of scale thing, but Microsoft also, like, this is the strategy with these subscription services, right? You get, you start out low, get people into the service, and then you crank up the price. Like, this year alone, Netflix is increasing the price of, like, the 4K subscription tier to $20 a month. Yeah. Like, 
it it will happen to Game Pass. It's not like if like I I don't care what Phil Spencer says. Like it will the price oh, yeah, will it'll increase. Go up, yeah, but I, I I have to wonder because if you if you hit twenty bucks a month, suddenly you're on a teetering point for people like me. Like I that's that's when I jump off. Like so, fifteen fifteen dollars a month, I could see myself paying and like not thinking about it. Twenty dollars okay, a month, and suddenly I'm like, eh, I'll pick this up when there's a game I want to play. So here's you know? the thing, like. Yeah, yeah, okay, so for people like you and me, that, that yes, I can understand that point, but for like, okay, so imagine like you're just someone who plays Call of Duty, Madden, and FIFA every year, right? Like, what, that's like $180 a year, right? If Game Pass is like 20 bucks a month, I'm trying to do the math really quick. That'd be 240 bucks a month. That'd be 240 a year. Yeah. But like, but you get my point, right? Like, it's like for for the casual subs- scri- subscriber base that like just plays a handful of these huge third party games, it might be worth it, right? Rather than buying like you know, let's say five AAA EA slash Activision games. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I'll just say that like Game Pass is easily worth it for me, like because I I burn through these games, <laughs> especially now. Like Crash Four is going to be on there, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I just don't like it's and it's such an ironic thing, too, because like Crash was originally Sony. Now, then it was Activision. Now it's Microsoft, you know, like, yeah, coming no, from I mean, like an esports now. scene as well. Microsoft now owns a good chunk of FPS esports. Yeah, they yeah. own Overwatch. Uh, well, they Overwatch own dead and dying. Uh, yeah, Overwatch is a dead game. Like 100%. Nerd Slayer has already made the video. It's a dead game. Yeah. I mean, well, another like, huge thing here is World of Warcraft. Like, they're yeah. probably going to stick World of Warcraft. Game. But there's, I mean, it's still huge, though. Like, there's probably going to really big, yeah. They're going to stick World of Warcraft on Game Pass and then probably get get a console version I, out. Like, I no, the console version for World of Warcraft, I think, is impossible right now because the engine's so old and garbage. Yeah, but Microsoft could update that. Like. That's a lot and of they money. They have the seventy bill or yeah, seventy billion dollars. There's seventy billion in the hole right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that, but that's still like not that much for Microsoft, which is because they're they're worth over a trillion dollars. Like, I don't. I mean, obviously, like they don't have a trillion dollars on hand, like for cash for spending. But like, I think this is a clear sign that Phil Spencer could spend money on whatever he wants. Right? Like, there's no limitations here. Like, I think the only person Phil Spencer has to answer to is Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, and that's it, right? I, like, I did see somebody joking about how E3 is going to be, like, eight hours of Microsoft, and then Sony gets an hour and a half. So it's funny, because, like, I think E3 just isn't happening this year. Did you guys hear it's about online. that? It's online. No, I, I, I think that's just, like, not a thing, even the online version, but, like, I could be wrong. Well, that's kind of sad, but that's okay. But, yeah, like... Obviously, you know, like Call of Duty is the biggest, the biggest player in all of this. But like, there's so many other things too. Yeah, like, it's the biggest player, but it's the one I'm least excited about. Like, get get Toys for Bob off of Call of Duty. Somebody, yeah, with a I brain said th- I said this in the chat, but like, Toys for Bob could totally make a Banjo Kazooie, and it would totally rule. Like, I, I mean, I yeah, like the kid in me is like, oh my god, there could be a Banjo Spyro Crash crossover. But that that wouldn't be a good game, I don't think. But no, like, they're too different. But yeah. like, yeah, I think, and obviously, like, it'll Banjo take are extremely similar. Crash is the one that's the odd one out. I think it'll take time, right? Like, I think they already said like this merge will happen sometime in twenty twenty three, which 
you know, isn't too far away, but it's not, like, right around the corner either. But, like, after that merge happens, like, these teams need to, like, finish off whatever projects they're on, and then they can start on new stuff. So, like, I'm hoping Toys for Bob transitions off of Warzone and then gets, like, a new Spyro or Crash or, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, you know, that would be yeah. ideal. Any of those would be fine by me. Like, But, yeah, I, I do think, like... I think, you know, Phil Spencer is the one in charge of all of this now, and I think he's smart enough to realize that, like, you don't need 10 of the 16 studio studios that you just bought working on Call of Duty. You really don't, so. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because, you know, th- this merger doesn't make Call of Duty stop being the content behemoth that it is. Yeah, and just to, you know, like, we made predictions on the show, like, oh, Vanguard's the one that's going to... You know, like not be the highest selling game, and like it was the highest selling game in December. Like it's not even close, right? So like, Call it of is Duty definitely the weakest it's ever been, though. Yeah, but the, yeah, the problem is like its competition was the most lackluster Battlefield game ever. Like, yeah. Well, here's the thing: Halo was number two. Yeah. Which is and like that's insane. Yeah. If ever there was a time for Halo to beat it, but like, but that, you know, that was the thing, right? It was a the competition was a free to play Halo game, and uh, Battlefield twenty forty two, which is like a joke. Yeah, so. and plus Halo isn't on everything like Call of Duty no. is. Yeah, so. not anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, like I don't know, like, uh, so like, what if, what if they just stop doing Call of Duty and put that oh, team that- on Halo? <laughs> No, if they stop doing Call of Duty, the world there will be no more wars. I mean that that's a funny joke, but like, <laughs> no, they would never be ashamed. These seventy billion dollars were spent mostly on Call of Duty. I'm telling you that right now. Like, yeah, I mean that's all the that's all any of the studios work for, other than the Blizzard ones. Like, yeah, yeah, the Blizzard ones also just work on garbage too, but different. But yeah, garbage. like there there were some story like I mean obviously everything is in a huge period of flux like lots of confusion right now like some people at Bloomberg are saying that some games will remain on PlayStation. I imagine Warzone will remain everywhere. Yeah, that's my thought is that like they're not going to take any games away from PlayStation. Like the ones that are already there, Warzone, maybe even next year's Call of Duty, you know. Yeah. And I do think like this gives Microsoft a sort of like trojan horse almost to be like hey do you want game pass on playstation now (laughs) like because that's the only way you're gonna get call of duty so like i don't know like i mean before this purchase like obviously sony was wouldn't be interested but like call of duty is like the biggest money maker for them and call of duty has been associated with playstation for like a decade now right and all of a sudden that changes all of a sudden all that money isn't there anymore that's a huge huge deal to sony so yeah, we're entering a period of insane changes in the gaming industry. Cause like, oh yeah, and because like I feel like the Bethesda purchase, it was it was huge, right? But like, it also like Microsoft needed to do that, right? Like they needed to diversify their studios, and Bethesda yeah. was a great way to do it. And I think now that they done they they bought bethesda and now that they have activision it's just like overkill right like they just have everything now and so what is sony to do like they need to like i feel like they were kind of like in terms of diversity of studio on even footing after the bethesda purchase but now it's just like not even close like sony is just outgunned here like they're just they can't put out 
exclusives as frequently as Microsoft just because, like, they have, like, triple the number of studios now. Like, it's just... It's just wild. Yeah. yeah. There, there is still something about a, a, a first-party PlayStation game that, like, none of these studios have... No have matched yet but that said definitely not but like it's 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 the i think it's right right now at least it seems like the quality versus quantity war but like the quantity like at least some of the the studios that microsoft has is going to start producing like really quality titles like actually you know i take it back i would say that psychonauts was not that different from like a ratchet and clank game in terms of quality and like well, well, okay. So here's the thing: the Psychonauts was on PlayStation as well, right? Like, oh, right, it was, yeah, because it was but, made for, yeah. But like, you know, going forward, right? Like, I feel like whatever Double Fine puts out would be like quote unquote PlayStation quality, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> it's 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 just tough out there, man. Like, I'm eager to see what Sony does because, like it or not, Sony has to do something, right? Like, are they going to buy Square Enix? That's a big rumor right now. Like, God, I hope not. And I guess it would kind of make sense considering their heritage right but like i don't know like that's square enix is nothing compared to activision blizzard right like obviously Uh, like they make a lot of games that a lot of people enjoy but like but they're niche yeah yeah compared to activision blizzard yes they're niche yeah like the only thing like (laughs) i mean i guess the equivalent would be like playstation has to buy ea or something but like i don't think they have the funds to do that also and also, don't I don't think that would really be equal, even like. Well, EA has like FIFA and Madden and stuff, right? Oh, right. Yeah. So it kind of would be, I think. But like, it's just I don't want the in- industry going in this direction, right? Like, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, in the short term, this is really nice for me personally because, like, these games that I like anyway, like you know, Spyro and Crash and stuff, like it could be good for them. Xbox is in a good place right now. And they'll be on Game Pass, which right now is extremely consumer friendly. But like all this, you know, Phil Spencer's been doing us real great. But all it takes is one Don Matrick to come in here and suddenly, you know, Xbox is back into a dystopian, you know, horrible console that nobody wants. And all these IPs are trapped there. Yeah. All it takes is one Don Matrick and all of these uh, games X- or all of these studios Xbox owns now are making like games as a service style games. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Like it's or, just, or God forbid, connect games. <laughs> like, so like right, okay. So right now, the only source of like the only big AAA player in the U.S. is now Microsoft, EA, and Take Two. Right, Take Two being like the GTA creators, Rockstar. Yeah. Like that's it now, right? Like everything else is indie or like Japanese or European. You know. So like, is uh, is Ubisoft? Are they Ubisoft French or Canadian? Ubisoft is, I think, I think French. E- Eve's Guimond is French, so I think they're a French company. But like, they're 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 very globally distributed. They have offices all over the world. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, Microsoft. It seems like they're trending towards forming a monopoly on AAA American games. Like that's just what's going to happen. Like I think, like that's the direction I see it going in. Like. I mean, yeah, they're on a, they're they're buying the big publishers and stuff. Like Naughty Dog is American, and like, well, they're part of Sony, right? Like, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like Sony has a lot of American devs, but like, yeah, but like as a developer, you could work in America without working for Microsoft. Still, yeah, you, I mean, like, yeah, you work for Microsoft, Sony, or uh, EA or Take Two. Those are your big options, and obviously, there's like indies, right? But 
It's just, uh, yeah, like, I, I feel like I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, 2023 we hear, oh, Microsoft has purchased EA or something like. And if you would said that to me last year, I would have told you you're absolutely crazy. Could not have seen something like this happening. Yeah, it's it's really, yeah, uh, the impact of this is going to be huge and long lasting. Like, this really, like, I don't even... I, I guess it's good that this console generation had such a like kind of soft launch because like stuff like this is really important for consumers to know before they buy a console. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Well, I bought a know? PS5 because I wanted to play the new Call of Duty. I'd be pretty mad right now. And I feel like that's a lot of people, right? Like a lot of people, you know, obviously PlayStation is known for their exclusives, but a lot of people associate Call of Duty with PlayStation, which yeah. it isn't anymore. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I wonder what's going to happen. Like, I feel like, uh, yeah, we probably get this year's Call of Duty on PlayStation, probably next year's Call of Duty on PlayStation. But after that, I feel like it's all it's all Xbox. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like they could honestly, like, alternate first-person shooters, like, like, year after, like, they could do Halo one year, Call of Duty another year, like, Overwatch another year. And they have, Doom. like, the bandwidth, Doom another year. They have the bandwidth to do that. Like, yeah. No, I mean, there. I, I saw somebody that was like getting to the point where, like, yeah, Xbox plans to have a massive AAA release on Game Pass every quarter for the next ten years. <laughs> like, oh, I think they're trying to get to the level where they where they have a massive AAA release every month. I think that's yeah. their end game. Because every quarter that that's coming very That'd soon. Be, from like a standpoint of playing games, though, that's terrifying. A new AAA game every month. Yeah, it's it's. No one has that kind of time. Uh, I don't know about that. High schoolers exist. Yeah, but no one but, has that kind yeah, of money. I don't. I don't have that kind of. Well, I don't know. I mean, I. I must. When you're in high people. school, you don't get that many AAA games. Well, you do if you have Game Pass. I mean, ah, true. Game Pass is a really. I. I would have probably been able to swing Game Pass in high school. I didn't have a lot of money, but I could. I would have probably had Game Pass. Yeah, if you don't like, don't ask for like Netflix or anything. Like, yeah, that's. Yeah. I feel yeah, like it's like, not I, an I can see people swinging it for their kids and stuff, like as as a big Christmas present every year or something, like a year of Game Pass. Yeah, that's not an unreasonable thing to ask, and it's like, yeah. at this point, it's like infinite in- entertainment, you know. Yeah, I just hope we never get to the point where the fact that Game Pass exists shapes how games are made. You know, see, I hope I, it doesn't. I, I disagree in some part. I think I think Game Pass has a chance to shape how games are made in a positive way, and by making them like a less terrible games as a service model, like early access games coming to Game Pass, I think could be cool for them. And like, I've seen the Outer Wilds guys say that. They're not sure that game would have made its money back if it wasn't for Game Pass because they can mm. make a weird experimental game. And because the barrier to entry is so low, people play it. Yeah, I mean, the funds are a good thing. I just hope it never gets to the point where like, OK, Game Pass is this big thing like and and it dictates the way games are made as in like you have yeah, to I make this sort of game. Like, like, yeah, you have to make this live service game. And, yeah, like, I, you know, like, obviously there's no indication of that happening now, but I'm just looking a little far into the future, into a, a slightly dystopian future where that might be the case. But No, I, I think the more realistic scenario and the one they're trying to build is that it gives people, <coughs> it gives experimental games a chance because they have, you know, they have this subscription money. So... They can fund an experimental game. I did. Uh, 
I did want to Who highlight plays experimental what games about. though. What? Experimental games aren't real. There are it's so all, many experimental games on Xbox on on Game Pass. Some of them are terrible. Uh and I've played a lot of them. That sounds like the that sounds like it just sounds like the Xbox 360 indie arcade all over again. I think I saw that you could have made I think Rami uh, Ishmael, is that how you pronounce his last name? Tweeted, uh, just like looking at the scale of this purchase, you could have funded, I think it was 190 Red Dead Redemption 2s. Yeah, I mean, I believe it. Like for for this amount of money. I mean, I don't even think something like 30,000. This is a great deal because no one had to crunch for this $70 billion. Yeah, yeah, here it is. You can fund 136,000 indie games at half a million dollars, or you can fund an estimated 390 plus indie games, such as Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, so like, I don't even think a video game, a single video game, has yet to cost a billion dollars. I don't even think a video game has cost like 500 million dollars. So like... Oh, I guarantee if there were a, was a billion dollar well, video game, it'd be the marketing shtick for the entire game. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe like Halo be, Infinite was 500 mil, maybe. Halo Infinite was expensive, yeah. Yeah, but like... It'd be all over the marketing material. Like, we've spent a billion on this game. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, like, the, the scale of this purchase, like, I can't even fathom it, you know? Like, it's just so much. It's a lot. So much for Call of Duty. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah they, no, they bought it for, uh, they bought it for Diablo, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends texted me was just like, yeah, I don't really care about Call of Duty, but like if Diablo's leaving PlayStation, that's going to be a problem. And I was just like, well, I'm sorry, man. It's probably leaving. It sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. Well, Diablo is already Diablo Infinite, I think is what it's called, was is a mobile game. I mean, Torchlight did the no, same No, I mean, thing. like we're talking like Diablo 4 is going to not be on PlayStation now, probably. Like, probably. Is Diablo 4 so, announced? Yeah. They have it, like It was like a soft like, eh, we're making a Diablo 4. Because I mean, they have, they, like, periodic updates on it, fan. just because, like, the fans are, like, so rabid for it, but, like... It's it's like Overwatch 2, where, uh, it's coming eventually, we promise. I don't know anybody that cares about Overwatch 2 anymore. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, they keep announcing, it's, apparently, they're gonna, we're gonna see it in, like, April, but... Do Overwatch I care? No. dead for anybody to care about Overwatch I mean, some, oh, yeah. some, some people care it. about Overwatch, but I don't know any of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anybody that still cares about Overwatch. I think Blizzard pretty well killed it this year because they haven't put anything into it this year i mean i have some friends that were really diehard overwatch fans that don't talk about it at all anymore they just kind of dropped it i dropped it like a like a, like a, like a I, mean, I dropped it a month after release because i didn't think it was a very good game but that's i liked it after release i played a lot of it and i still dropped it like a like a dead weight when it was boring yeah. so you know what's interesting i don't know if you guys saw this but like Apparently, before this purchase happened, Bobby Kotick was looking to sell Activision to someone, and one one of the parties he approached was Facebook. Oh, that's oh terrifying! Yeah, and apparently, Are you ready to enter the Blizzard metaverse. <laughs> Facebook wasn't interested, and apparently, they approached one other huge party as well, and they weren't interested either. So you've got to assume like there's only a few people out there that they could have approached. They either probably approached Google or apple or amazon right like it has to be one of those three yeah um and apparently microsoft reached out to them and they didn't want to sell to microsoft but phil spencer kind of just made it happen with lots of money i guess yeah but uh and probably yeah, a clean exit ex- ex- it makes me like the conspiracy theorist in me wonders a little bit like whether microsoft has been pulling the strings to get so much bad press on Activision Could, Blizzard lately to like I mean, I, value to make. I don't think anything's any. No, 
nothing's impossible. That's all I'll say. You know, like at this, so, yeah. Like, when you're when you're dealing with this amount of money, nothing yeah. would surprise me. Like, yeah. I brought that previous comment up to say, like, there's an alternate universe out there, not too different from ours, where Facebook owns Call of Duty, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. and what I'm is glad, like Call of Duty an Oculus exclusive? I'm glad it went down. Meta, please. I'm, so, I'll just say, like, I didn't want this to go down at all, but if it had to go down, I'm glad it went down like this with Microsoft. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but because at least Microsoft is invested in the gaming space and not trying. Yeah, thank to God it wasn't Google. rampantly shut the doors and oh God, oh, yeah, they were it was <laughs> Call of Duty a Stadia exclusive. Google would have found a way to mess Call of Duty up, <laughs> like even though it mm-hmm. seems like un, it like it seems impossible to not. That's just a big selling the- point. Does Google Stadia even exist anymore? Yes, because I haven't heard head or tail of it. I don't believe they have any first party Stadia Studios anymore, but Stadia is still around. I still get I they they have my email address and they email me about like Stadia Pro games. Oh, no. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, so what would you guys do if you were Sony, like realistically, to keep your player base, like straight up? I saw people joking about Sony announcing a new SOCOM game. I don't replace Call of Duty. Oh yeah, like so. Th- that's the thing. Like, I know what I'm about to say sounds silly, but like they're gonna have to replace Call of Duty, and I think the way they do that is that they sort of just make their own somehow. Yeah, that's. I mean, they, they yeah, they're gonna need a big. They're gonna need someone. One of the they first don't parties, have a first person shooter right now. Like they don't, and I know they're. I think they're working on a big one. Uh, one of their first-party studios is working on a huge first-person shooter. But, like, Sony's made first-person shooters in the past, but, like, they've not been... I mean, yeah. It's, huge, right? Like, they've made Killzone, which is fine. they made Resistance, which is fine. But, like, nothing on the level of a Halo or a Call of Duty. They oh, need if they to announce find... another Resistance, I will be... I'll be, I'll be I mean, lining Resistance, up PlayStation 5. Resistance has those fans, right? Like, But, like, they're, it's not as big as Halo or Call of Duty. It's just not, right? Like, and... And I don't know if it's possible to create that level of a mega hit multiplayer first person shooter in I, like if I'm Sony, I yeah, they can't. Like the, the answer isn't to replace Call of Duty, I don't think, because that's not feasible. What they have to do is like lean into their strengths, which are like stuff like, like the big cinematic experiences that yeah, are like so it's, better it's, than so Call of Duty in every possible way, to be sure, but like they've gotta figure out how to sell that. Because yeah, but yeah, the money though, that's the issue. So I could see t- one of two things. One, they try to make their own Call of Duty and, you know, make that work somehow, right? Like, and, or two, like you said, they lean into their strengths and sort of go like a Nintendo route. Like, Nintendo yeah. doesn't rely on third party sales, right? Like, Nintendo's first party is enough to carry that company. And Nintendo sells, Nintendo's first party sales are better than, I think, both Sony's and Microsoft's combined for the most part, right? Like, yeah. Nothing sells like Mario Kart. Nothing sells like Pokemon, right? Like nothing sells like Zelda. Well, I don't know. Zelda's less so, right? Except, I mean, like, except for Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto, right? But like, after Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto, right? Like it's, it's these Nintendo exclusives, right? And Sony, Sony's exclusives sell really well, but like not on the level of something like Mario Kart. And they're going to have to find a way to like jump to that next level of popularity, I think, if they're going to offset this blow to them yeah i think they're really gonna have to shift their brand or in a way that they already kind of have like sony first party games already have like you have an expectation going into them 
Yeah, and I, I do think it's very intentional. Like, I don't think you guys have... You guys have probably not uh, booted up a PlayStation 5 game or seen a PlayStation 5 game be booted up, but, like, their new PS Studios thing, total ripoff of the MCU intro. Uh, yeah, it's in God of War. Yeah, like, so it's just, like, they're, that's what they're aiming for. They're aiming to be, like, this really well-known brand that's known for, you know, entertainment and quality. And they're trying to, like, be like i think the game version of like the mcu in that sense right not in the sense that it's like they're creating some in the sense that you know what you're getting like exactly right like you you go to an mcu movie and to both to their credit and to a fault like you know what you're getting like you're not going to be surprised and by weirdness at an mcu movie probably yeah and i think it's it's just more so that you know that you're going to get something good i think most of the time right and yeah, I I just think like, it's like, like the uh, like a steakhouse of uh, of movies and games, like but but like a chain steakhouse. <laughs> like you know, it's going to be yeah. really good. It's maybe not yeah. going to be like the best thing you've ever had, but well, I don't know. I mean, like for some people, it is right. Like my favorite games are mostly Sony first party games. So I mean, I know some people that really like Outback. Like it takes <laughs> the Golden Corral of it's you're so pretentious, Cotter. God. <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, I mean... I feel like I need to, like, go atone for the sin of calling Sony the Golden Corral of gaming. Yeah, I think that was cruel. And that unusual. was too cruel. No, I mean, I, like... I honestly thought me saying Outback was a low blow, and Outback's not bad. <laughs> like, I like Outback. No, that is Outback's a low blow, and I, I, I don't think that's a fair characterization. I think Sony's games generally have a level of polish not seen in other first-party games, aside from Nintendo, right? So like, what you're I, telling me is it's the Texas Roadhouse. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I can't compare steakhouses. I don't go to them very often. So Outback and Texas Roadhouse are identical entities to me. I've never been to Texas Roadhouse due to the peanuts. So Oh, yeah. Ah, that is a nice gimmick, though, if you're not allergic to peanuts. What are, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Not I don't know. Like, going to compete so, now. So, yeah, it, it is tough. They're, they've been put into an uncomfortable position. They were comfortable before, but now they're not, I think. Because, like, I they agree. were comfortable yeah. because of Call of Duty. This is the kind of thing that, like, could change the tides of a, of a console generation. Like, a- Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, like, obviously, Sony still has, like, one huge, huge thing, which is Fortnite, right? Like, Fortnite is still really kind of paired up with Sony. But, like, Are before they, they had... Yeah. Fortnite makes more money on PlayStation than any other platform. Hmm. Okay. So, but, uh... Before they had Fortnite and Call of Duty, and now they don't, right? So, like, it's 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 a huge seismic shift, and I think, uh, like, this one move will shape the course of the rest of the generation for sure. Like, it, so, so it's a very exciting thing in that sense. I just hope this does isn't like the beginning of the <laughs> of the end, right? Where you know, like, there are two companies, Microsoft and Sony, and like they both own everything, right? Yeah, that would be pretty miserable. I don't see indies ever going away, but I do straight think... up, just one company, Microsoft, and they own everything, including Sony, you know, like... Yeah, I, I don't see indies going anywhere at all, like, I just don't see that happening, but I do think that there would be a, it, it would be a dark world where there are no third-party AAA games, or third-party AA games, like, that. that's bleak. Yeah, it it is bleak, and it's uh, definitely kind of a... Uh, a potential outcome here, right? Like, 
you can't you can't help but like be fearful of the trend if Microsoft does this again with like EA or something or Take Two. Like, what if they buy Take Two and Grand Theft Auto is exclusive? Like, that's, that's a, the like that's the only thing bigger I think than call like a Call of Duty style. Yeah, or the yeah, a Call GTA of Duty makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Can, so. can I tell you how amazing it is to be a PC gamer right now, though? Like, other than the fact that you can't buy a PC to save your life, like being able to. Like, yeah. have Game Pass, like, have all that value, and, like, I'm getting value out of this Microsoft acquisition. I'm going to get all these games on Game Pass and everything. But I also can play God of War on my PC, and, like, you know, I'll probably get Ragnarok at a decent time. I'll probably, you know, all these PlayStation exclusives I'll also have available to me. You'll, you'll, you'll uh, lower yourself to play these PlayStation exclusives. I'll lower myself? Yeah, I was just making a joke. Oh, yeah. Because they're beneath you. <laughs> Oh yeah, no Outback. Okay, let's take a step back. <laughs> Outback is not beneath me. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying. Sometimes I want to go to the weird, like locally owned restaurant. And what what, what would that be? Unpacking or something? Uh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. What would Nintendo be in this equation? Uh God, like All like the, the sushi restaurant. Was that just because they're Japanese? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just because they're Japanese. They're going to be like the, the like the the the, the Benihana of of gaming. I'm not ready to call anybody McDonald's. Like obviously <laughs> no, they, having the play no, place no. and everything. I mean, come on. Yeah, Activision like, is kind of McDonald's, right? Yeah, <laughs> <you're> right. Activision <laughs> is kind of McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. No, Nintendo is definitely like the Benihana or like a chain. Asian restaurant of some sort. So let, let me let me just make this clear. So everyone's a chain restaurant except for indie games. Then hey, indie games are like your local no. Places. Well, unless I, it's Devolver Digital, all like Hellblade before they were acquired by Microsoft. Like because that was like a double A situation, and like so double yeah. A's are like mom and pop shops. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, we beat this metaphor into the ground. Yeah, it really <laughs> wasn't ready for this level. <laughs> we're trying so hard. <laughs> Hey, um, but all, yeah. as all I'm saying is now I'm hungry. <laughs> I am kind of hungry now too, but uh, I think uh, yeah. I mean, I think We're we've said what needs to be said. Like it's it's a uh, it's a very spicy time, like to say the least. And I hope if anything, if if this results in a new Banjo Kazooie game, all is forgiven. Yeah, or or a new Spyro <laughs> game for me. Like I'll play either, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Banjo. A, a modern AAA Banjo game, I would play in an instant. Yeah, I, I would. I would over. I, I would overlook all the negative implications of all of this, and uh, that's that's all I want, really. Yeah. All right, shall we uh, move into what we're playing? Sure. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. Um, so I'm still not done with this, which is I was. I'm surprised because I thought I would be, but I'm playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? I'm about a long. Oh no, you've been busy. Yeah, I'm about twelve hours in, and I, I figured it'd be like you know ten to fifteen hours, which is like a normal like you know Uncharted kind of length campaign. Uh, I assume it's gonna it's not gonna go longer than twenty hours, right? Like I feel like I'm in the last third of the game, and let me tell you, this this is a pretty good game. You know, it's not like a game of the year level game or anything like that, but this is a pretty solid game. Like uh, the 
And, and and the best part about this game is the characters, which again is wild to say because like I'm super attached to the MCU interpretation of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I think the Guardians movies might be my favorite in the all of the MCU. Like I just yeah, love yeah, Guardians Two is a really easy like easy easy to rec- like easy to accept best MCU movie to me. Yeah, like I I just love it like so much charm and like the characters like all mean so much to me and like. They the the game nails it, man. Like they they really realize these characters in a way that like they are the guardians of the galaxy, but they're not the MCU guardians, and you're okay with that because these characters are so good. And they really do take the time to delve into each one of them. Like so each one of them being like Peter Quill, Drax, Gamora, Rocket, and Groot, like you really get to see what makes each of them tick, and that makes the game so much richer for it. And it takes the time to do that, too. It'd be so much easier to just, like, throw them together and be like, hey, these are the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what this is. You watch the MCU. Let's just jump into it. But, like, there is that, you know, element of lightness there. Like, you know, like, obviously the Guardians banter is, you know, very whimsical and, like, crass. And, like, it, it is the MCU Guardians banter, which, you know, is just, like, I think how the Guardians are supposed to interact. But, like... The game does take the time to really dive into each one of the characters, and I really appreciated that. And the end result is, like, you really care about this cast of characters. And so that that's the first strength, I think, the second, uh, the, the, the characters. And the second major strength, I think, is that this really just feels like a massive adventure, like a galactic adventure, right? Like, there's so many interpretations of, like, a galaxy, right? Like, and you just go to like these alien planets, they just sort of look like Earth, but different, right? Like, not the case with this Guardians of the Galaxy game. Like, you go to these really fantastical, weird, alien looking places, and like, like the art direction is out of this world. Like, it, it just feels alien to you, like everywhere you go. And, uh, and that, that really is a huge selling point of this game because you really feel like you're going on this really weird, galactic adventure and it it captures that so well and i think uh another point to bring up is the gameplay obviously probably the weakest part of the game i i will say like i said last week the gameplay does open up as you play uh and it's continuing to open up even now like where i am in, in the game i will say that like it's not going to like blow your mind anything even after it opens up right it's still pretty like rudimentary like you you can it's just like you can still get through it if you just run and gun right like it's very hard to like fail obviously you could crank up the difficulty but i don't think that's the solution the combat's just not that engaging but like i'm okay with it because like i just want to progress through the story like there's a very uh there's an emotional core to this story being told here um and i don't want to get into spoilers in case either of you wants to check it out but like I do think it's a story worth checking out, and it explores especially Peter Quill in a way I don't think the MCU movies did. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this game. I'm probably going to finish it over the next few days, and I'm glad I gave it a shot. Like, I know some people are calling it their game of the year for, like, 2021. I wouldn't go that far, right? Like, 2021, I had some great games, but, like, I definitely don't think you should sleep on Guardians of the Galaxy either. Like, especially if you care about the Guardians and, like... You just want a a good story set in a really really cool setting, like I th- I definitely think you should give Guardians of the Galaxy a shot. So uh, that's that's about it for me. Yeah, it uh it looks good. I remember seeing when they were in development that they had to like 
brought on writers from the actual Guardians comics and stuff from some of the more successful runs and stuff. So okay, yeah, like I I definitely could I I can detect that a bit, right? Like and the, and there's like lore entries too. Like there's like a codex where you can like look up things about Guardians lore and like you can equip different like skins for your guardians too. And like, you can see like what comic each skin came from and you can like equip the MCU skins too, if that's what you want. So there's definitely like a lot of love in this game, I think. Yeah. I guess I can go next. I, uh, I played God of War. Oh uh, gosh. Cause it just came to PC and I, I liked it a lot. I, uh, How far? did you beat it? I beat it. Yeah. And the, wow. the farther I got in the game, the more I liked it. I, uh, it really did just have, like it, it's very much a first-party PlayStation game, and has, in my opinion, like a lot of the bad that comes with that, which comes in the form of like features that just don't make sense for the game at all. Like this game didn't need crafting, it didn't need like leveling up, it didn't need like there's just a lot of menu nonsense that you could completely scrap from the game. So I, a- I I agree with that, but I do think like. Some of the stuff, like the weapon upgrades and stuff, I really enjoyed. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm able to equip like different upgrades. Were linear, like I well, I didn't need to go into a menu. Like, I got an item, and then I talked to Sindri, and like I got the item through the story, and I had my weapons at max level by the end of the game. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe upgrades was the wrong term. I'm talking about like the like the abilities that you can swap in and out for your weapons. I forget. Okay, what yeah, I'll give you that. There is some of it that I think could stay. My, my problem is that like the armor I, stuff didn't need to be there. I think. Yeah. The armor was terrible <laughs> and the arm, like, and my reason for saying that is that like, it really dragged on my experience at the beginning because I'm somebody who doesn't really pay attention to those systems and I can get away with that in a lot of games, but I actually did hit a point where like my numbers were just too low and I couldn't beat the guys anymore. And I had to go into the menus and spend a couple minutes like finding what had the best numbers and putting it on. And then suddenly the game was easy again. Yeah. And like <laughs> that just didn't need to be there. Like it was just annoying when I was like so engrossed in this pretty brilliant story with like extremely good acting and yeah. insane set piece visuals that I loved. And like, I don't I don't know how much I want to get into the story, but like Atreus starts being a kind of a punk at one point in the yeah. story. And I was like just destroyed by that. I hated it, but like in a good but way. But like that's what happens with kids, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very good. I really liked the game, and that's why like I was whining to Amid, I was texting him about like these parts of the game that I didn't like because they really did drag down the experience for me. Like I, I was just, uh, not so much in like time wise because like I played it for 15 hours and maybe like 30 or 40 minutes of those were stuck in a menu or something. Wow. But so like, you, you basically just beeline the main story, right? I did. I don't do side quests. I don't enjoy okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. That's a perfectly fine way to play God of War. Like, yeah, I have a to- colossal backlog to get through, so I might yeah. come back to it someday. But yeah, I didn't. I, I started to do one side quest and they had like given it to me when I wasn't strong enough to do it yet. And I was annoyed by that and I never went back. I was going to say God of War is also one of those games where like they have dialogue for days, right? Like even after you beat the game, you will keep getting new dialogue. And the fact that you didn't do the side quest until after you beat the story, I'm sure you'll unlock like unique dialogue just based off that. They have dialogue that accounts for like every possible situation. Well, what's bonkers to me is like the amount of content in this game outside of the main story. Like... I I walked around briefly in Niflheim, and I know there's not a ton there. But yeah, you can't even really go to Niflheim until the story's pretty much over. 
Well, if you had done some side stuff, you could have discovered like the ciphers faster, I think. Oh, okay. Because I, I discovered one of the ciphers like on the walk to the final mission. Like, Yeah, I think, yeah, the more you do the side stuff, the the faster you discover the ciphers. Did you discover Muspelheim? No, I did not. That's another realm. Yeah, realm I know Muspelheim was yeah. in the game, yeah. And I didn't, I never went, yeah. But yeah, uh, what did you think of, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name now, the head. Oh, M- Mimir. Mimir. I like Mimir yeah. a lot. I, yeah. I definitely was glad he showed up to bring some levity to things because Kratos yeah. is very, <laughs> he's, he's a little grim dark sometimes. Yeah, but like even so, like it's interesting from your perspective, right? Because you didn't play the previous games. I did, right? And like just seeing Kratos, how he changed in this game and like how he changes throughout the game too, right? Like he, I think by the end of the game, he is a father and not a dad, right? Like he, well, I don't, I don't know. He's that he's a dad, like, He's a better dad. Like he's not a he's, he's not a better a dad. dad anymore. Yeah, I definitely. I liked the game more so than I thought I would in the first hour. I actually was like regretting my purchase for two two and a half hours in this game. That's crazy. I, it, I was it, it so me. bored at the beginning because they it just hooked me you quickly. with all these menus and like boring walking around the woods with Atreus and like there's nothing going on. And then Balder shows up. You fight Balder, and I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, this is good, but like, I need more. And it, and it really was. It was a. It was three hours probably before any of the combat was fun, even a little bit to me. Yeah. Uh, and the combat never does get that good. Like it's it's pretty good, but like, I don't know. I have a hard time. So the combat really shines. Like, did you kill any of the Valkyries? No. Yeah. So the combat. So the Valkyries are <laughs> nine optional bosses that you hunt throughout the world. And it's yeah, like it was whole, optional. I did not do it. Whole other storyline, and it culminates in in the fight with the Queen Valkyrie, which is that's like I think that's when you realize that the combat is pretty good. Like because like you really have to unleash everything to beat her. And See, like, it was. I'll say it was pretty good. Like I don't know. It didn't have a ton of depth to it. Like it, it felt. It felt, it, it sat in an, uh, yeah, my problem with it is that it sits in this uncanny place where it's almost good enough to compare it to Devil May Cry, but then it looks really bad in that comparison, I think, is the problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say it's as good as Devil May Cry. You like, No, I would never say like that. I, I, I'm saying, like, it's good enough that, like, I want to set it next to that, and that makes it look bad, and that's not really fair to it, because it's not trying to be Devil May Cry. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I don't think the combat is bad. No, in, I don't either. In, in, in any stretch. But, like, it's, yeah. But um, It's, it's just not, not where the game shines. The game right. shines in the writing and the, the set pieces and the world. Yeah. But much like an Uncharted game. Like, it, right. it's the first but, party Sony game. It I, really I, wears I, that on its sleeve. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good thing to wear on its sleeve, though. Like, I think that's I a... Yeah, it's good. That's a, that's, a, that's a great thing to, like, sort of specialize in. What do you think of the, the dragon set piece? The dragon. Oh, the dragon set piece... Might have been the highlight of the game for me, actually. It, it was, was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Uh, I did... I don't know. Actually, the final boss was really good, too, though. Yeah. The final boss was good, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, now you see all these sort of implications for where the next game m- might go, right? Like, yeah, with, I will uh, say, what happened to Freya and everything. And Yeah, I will say, there, there's a spoiler that is revealed at the end of the game. And I was like, 
at first they were like somewhat subtle about it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I bet this is going to get addressed in the next game. And then they just say the thing. And I'm like, all right, this is probably 30 or 40% less cool now, but I'm still on board. Just just say it. We've already spoiled everything. Uh, Atreus is Loki. And like, I spoiled I that for you. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't I don't remember that. Actually. Yeah, that's funny. But I, I did know, like, I picked up on it quickly playing through the game. Like, and then they, like, kind of confirm it subtly at the end of the game by revealing some things about his mother. And then they just say, oh, and your mom wanted to name you Loki. And I said, oh, all right. I guess, I guess we're just gonna. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pick up on it. So I think that that reveal really hit hard for me. But I think if you're more attuned to, like, the, the mythos and stuff like that, it's easier to pick up on. The the moment I knew the truth about his mom, I was certain of it. Uh, but that I, she was I, a giant I, and stuff. Yeah, I suspected it a lot before that. Like, did you watch the post credit scene? Uh, oh, yes. Okay, I have so, to. The game just kept playing after the credits. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I, let me rephrase that. Did you go back to your house? No. Okay. Yeah, if you go back to your house, you get like the final cutscene of the game. Oh, weird. It didn't even suggest I go back to my house. It, it's a very subtle thing, because Atreus says something like, hey, let's go, uh, maybe we should, like, take a rest now or something like that. Had you 100% of the game when you beat it? No. Okay, because for me, Atreus said, like, we should go keep helping people and explore. I think he says, like, we could go back to our house and rest or, like, keep helping. He says something that points yeah. you to the house. I forget what it was, but, like. Oh, for me, I, for me, the harder pull was to keep exploring. And I was like, ah, no, the credits just rolled. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, mean, I, did, I might fire it back up to go do that then. Yeah. I, I did 100% everything after the fact. But like, yeah, God of War is one of those games. Like, it's it's if you do everything in that game, it's a 40 hour game. And I've yeah, done everything. To just I've be done on it. everything in that game multiple times. Like, and I don't I can't say that about a lot of 40 hour games. So. Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm, I, I'm I really glad. I'm really glad you finally played it. Yeah, I I, w- I wouldn't have bought it on PlayStation, I don't think. I'm glad it came to PC. But, <clears throat> yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. That was a good use of my weekend. And you're uh, you're, you're ready for Ragnarok, like the rest of us now. I am, yeah. I, I would like to get it day one, but if I don't, I can live with that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get it day one, it's probably going to be on PS4. Honestly, so. I will not buy it on PS4. I'm yeah, not it's probably excited. gonna run like garbage on PS4. But um, yeah, I also I didn't even mention this. Shockingly good, or I guess not that shocking. It's a good port. Uh, it runs well on my PC and everything. And my PC is not. I mean, my PC itself is really good. My graphics card is a 1070 though. It's a little dated at this point. So it, it's funny. Nix didn't touch this at all. This was all Sony Santa Monica. Corey Barlog yeah. said that they had spent two years on this PC port. So they did a they did a knock up job. I only had one problem, which was that if I I don't know what the it was hours like I was playing for a while before it started happening, but the game would just start stuttering and I would have to turn the game off and back on, mm. <laughs> which wasn't a huge problem. The only time it really sucked was that I was like walking up the hill and Jotunheim oh, started no. happening and I was like, oh, this is annoying. But what I had it on an SSD, so it took all the 20 seconds to reboot. OK, that's good. Yeah, that's a. Uh... That's that's the worst possible time for that. To yeah, it was. I was thinking, well, yeah, part of me was like, ah, oh, there's not much game left. Do I just play through it with the stuttering? And then I thought, no, 
No, I should probably so not. It, it, I just okay. So let's let me just touch on the ending a little more because I don't think we've ever delved into spoilers on the show for this game. But like, I don't think so. In, initially, I was kind of my first impression of the ending was like, wait, that's it? Like, because like I was expecting like after you beat Balder and like <laughs> the thing with Freya happens and she's like swears revenge or whatever, uh, and you go uh, up the mountain and like you do the thing. Like, the game just ends, right? And the credits play as you're walking back down the mountain. Which and was, was a very nice touch. It, it was it was brilliant. I think it's brilliant, but my first impression was just like, oh, come on, I wanted something more. But the more I thought about it, I was just like... I thought it was perfect. The more I thought about it, I was just like, this is a really masterful way to end a game. Cause yeah, like that was your journey. Like, yeah, like, the whole thing was building up to... Really, to releasing your mother's ashes. Atreus's mother's uh kratos's wife's ashes on the top of the highest peak in all the seven realms and then right. once that happens the game ends just like it promised like it was it's 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 a beautiful way to end the game and plus like the emotional like the the catharsis happens in that moment too right kratos finally takes off his bandages right like not hiding what he is right like and he finally cr- calls atreus his son instead of his boy right like and he finally lets Atreus carry the ashes for the yeah, final. Yeah, so like it's just like that final moment, that moment of catharsis is when the game ends. And once I realized that, I was just like, yeah, this is a nice place to end the game. I did um, think that narratively, the only place the game was lacking was that, and maybe it wasn't as bad if you did some of the side quests, but Atreus's heel turn in the middle of the game just kind of stops after a while. Like, yeah, no, it's great. It's actually. Uh, good that you bring that up because like that's a huge like if you watch these interviews with Corey and stuff like it's like so much of that uh, got cut from the game like yeah that's not surprising you you uh, see it when you're playing and that yeah. was that was upsetting to me because that was like my favorite part of the game was like yeah seeing he, that the Corey Corey has expressed in interviews like how you know like obviously they wanted all that to stay in the game but they had to cut it for one reason or another but like the original plan was for that to be a much more drawn out story arc um. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, no, it, it, it hurt the game. I'm not going to say it didn't, but it didn't hurt the game a lot. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, yeah, like, I don't know, like, there's some parts in that, when, when Atreus does his thing and turns into, like, a teenager, it's just, like, I really wanted to, like, choke him at moments. Like, oh he really God, yeah. sort of ruins everything. <laughs> when he's just being a brat to the dwarves, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm above you, I'm a just, god. It's just, just like... Just yeah. Don't do that. Even Kratos was like, dude, what? <laughs> Be cool. Yeah. Kratos and all people was like, yeah. chill. Uh one one thing I think one line I found really funny, because this game can be funny at times too. When when Atreus was just like, hey, uh Brock was the blue one, right? Yeah. Hey Brock, why are you blue? And then Kratos just goes, Boy. Like as in <laughs> like, you can't ask him that. <laughs> you know, like Boy. <laughs> I don't think I got that line at any point. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but I imagine there's I'm, a lot of dialogue that, like... I'm beginning to, like, peek through this, and I, I think Connor played, like, a whole different God of War than you did, Ammon. No, I mean, like... I, I played I, a much shorter God of War, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, he played it, you said, 15 hours, right? Yeah, so my, my I, experience was 25 hours shorter than yours. Yeah, my experience was over twice as long as Connor's, so, like, obviously I saw more stuff, but, uh... Yeah. And I, yeah, I liked the game, but I, I liked the story and the set pieces and stuff. I don't think that the side quests 
Although when I saw the side quests, they had good writing and everything. I, I don't think that would be lacking, but I doubt there's going to be a set piece like the dragon fight anywhere. No. There. no, 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 no. Yeah, the side quests are fine, right? Like they they're just more God of War, but it's not like it's not a dragon set piece or a Balder set piece or anything like that. You didn't miss anything like that. I will say, if you weren't doing the side quests, there were a couple of times the dick difficulty spiked in a way that I wasn't a huge fan of. Oh, really? Interesting. Especially uh, when you're bringing back the Jotunheim Tower. Okay, that yeah. Segment. And what's really weird was that only one, like, you, you have to fight uh, enemies from every realm, and only Alfheim, I think. Is that the elf one? Yes. Oh, my God. Alfheim. Only, there were, like, two enemies from Alfheim, and I swear I was fighting them for an hour. Like, I just kept dying, and I kept dying. Those, those I- Alfheim elves are really a handful to deal with. Like, yeah. Even when you're like upgraded, like they're they're tough enemies. So uh, yeah, it has to have been because like once I beat that, I got through the next like two or three waves, whatever was left on my first try, like no problem. Yeah, it was just the off time, and I kept thinking like, man, I fought these guys last night. Like I don't, I don't remember if there was some gimmick to it. But yeah, and in terms of like, there's still some mysteries in the story too. Like, who do you think blew the horn when when Atreus was ill and Kratos was seeking help? That's still a mystery. Right, I don't think it is. I think it was. Oh, it definitely is. Corey has come out and said that's like. Oh, is it? Like wait, when Atreyu was sick. Yeah, so Atreus falls ill, and then he Kratos brings him to the witch, and like while that's happening, like the sky gets dark, and someone blows the world serpent horn, and like you don't know one person it could be. It's probably Tyr. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because like there's definitely like an implication of like time travel and stuff too. Yeah, with with the Tyr stuff, so. And a lot of people are theorizing that maybe, like, Kratos is here, like, when he travels back in time or something like that. I don't know. There's so many Uh, different... Yeah, I guess that could be, but I kind of hope it's not. There's so many different ways. Well, I mean, like, if you watch the trailer for Ragnarok, you see Tyr, so it's probably not that. Okay. I was going to say, Kratos is far more interesting to me as a complete outsider to the story. Oh, yeah. I agree. 100%. But, uh, yeah. I think, uh... It's going to be exciting talking uh, Ragnarok once once all that's said and done. But I agree. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I, I dragged this section out because I I love this game. No, it's, a, it's a good game. That's uh yeah. best game I played this weekend. Probably. I don't know. I played a lot of Splunky too. It was <laughs> one of the best two games I played this weekend. I mean, it was probably the only two games you played this weekend. But uh, yeah. I don't think so. I think I played some others. I played some oh, Halo. Okay. I played some uh, Astroneer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh mike all right i started uh middle gear solid 5 the phantom pain oh i keep boy. trying to get into that game and i can't do it the it PC is port's not the best really i you see that wasn't my problem although i've only played um the prequel the the little short my my Ground primary zeros. complaints yeah. for the pc port are that the audio slider there's none there's one for custom audio. There's no other audio controls unless I completely missed it in the options. Hmm. But I went through all the reasonable places to put a volume slider. Hmm. And really the control weird. scheme and the control pop-ups don't account for keyboard 90% of the time, so it'll tell you console controls. Oh, that's annoying. So it's like, very annoying. I'm like, what? what how do you I use direction? Oh, I guess I, I guess it's a shooter. You don't really want to use a controller. Yeah, I didn't want to use a controller, but the game yeah. is like, hey, do you switch weapons? Use the weapon wheel that you can use by pressing the Y button. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I don't know how it works on <laughs> so PC, obnoxious. but at least on console with with a controller, like 
That game is one of the best third-person shooters, like, ever. Like, the gameplay is so tight in that game. The gameplay is fun, but I, there's also another bugbear. After every single mission, a credit sequence. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kojima being Kojima. Kojima's just like, hey, this was written by Hideo Kojima. Wait, so that, is that a bug, like, or is that just in the game? No, that's just in the game. game. It's intentional. That's really Every scary. mission ends in a cutscene with a credit sequence. Just uh, it's <laughs> Kojima indulging himself as he does. This dude's a this dude's clinically a narcissist. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah well, for I sure. mean, this is yeah. the game that Konami's like. You gotta look out to leave. I mean, this game, you know, it's it's unfinished, right? Like you you can play this game for like eighty hours and it's not done, which is kind of wild to me. It'll never be done. Yeah, it'll never be done. But like, I mean, what's there? Like, I think like the gameplay and the stealth is just like. Second to none, almost like the oh, only yeah. stealth is probably the most fun way to play it. I've been playing it stealth, non lethal. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. I will complain that the start of the game is very, very slow. So, you mean like the very start? Like the, the, the... prologue is like an hour of just yeah. So, the prologue is like a traditional oh. Metal Gear Solid game, right? Like it's like chock full of cutscenes and weirdness, and What's then it like the turns into these triple A games thinking it's okay to be boring for two hours, like. I know it's, you already got my $60 or whatever, but like... I mean, there I is a sequence at the start of the game where you can't physically move at a normal pace because you're injured. So here's the thing. Okay, every AAA game, but this is really common. And like, so, so the intro of the hook, like, just give me something. The intro to Metal yeah. Gear Five, I was, I was into it at the beginning because I thought, like, dude, the sheer weirdness of what's happening, plus like everyone starts getting killed. Like, I thought that was a pretty good like narrative hook, at least, right? Like the gameplay. Also, like how pull, up, like, it also pulls up a character customization screen that gets no use throughout the game. It's just there. oh, oh yeah, that's just like Kojima like making a commentary on it, I guess, but like. It is funny, right? Like you, <laughs> you go through a character customizer, and it's just like, no, you're big boss. You don't. Now you're you're Venom Snake. Yeah, surprise. Very. It's it's an okay game. I do like the open world aspect, and I do like the ability. To, it makes clearing outposts a lot better than the Ubisoft way of just here's oh, an yeah. outpost. Yeah, this is an open world done right for sure. Like, oh yeah, because it doesn't open the entire world up to you at once for a mission. For a mission, it'll constrain you to like a a smaller area, hmm. and still somehow do it properly. Yeah, yeah. Like it'll tell you, get into this outpost, get this guy out. Yeah, or it's so get into this outpost, disable this, or do this. It's so crazy to me because like Metal Gear Solid's one through four, like those those games are known for their crazy stories and cutscenes, but like the gameplay was just serviceable. Right? And this game is like the inversion almost. Like, this game is known for its, like, insane gameplay and levels. But, like, beyond, like, the first, like, chunk, like, the first couple hours of the game, there's, like, no story anywhere. Like, there's barely any cutscenes. Yeah. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, it throws a bunch of exposition up to you first as to why you're in Afghanistan. And then it's... Then there's, yeah, then there's, like, almost nothing except game, which is, like, really unusual for, for Kojima. Doesn't it take place in the 80s? Yeah. It is a prequel. It's a sequel to 3, but a prequel to the rest of the series. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I Yeah. Yeah. A big skip to, like, the future in 4 is so weird. Yeah, Yeah, 4 doesn't skip that far into the future. 
Well, it's, it's like modern day, whereas three was in like six. So four, four is like a sequel to two. To two. Yeah. Mm, I and then, yeah, I've only played three and four. It's yeah, it's a whole thing. But yeah, yeah the, whole, the numbers at the end of the games really don't mean anything. <laughs> like it's just, it's yeah. whatever order Kojima decides he wants to, make to write it, yeah. the story in. Exactly. The yeah. chronological order I think is three, five, one, two, four, and Revengeance. Yeah, I think Revengeance is last. It, it, I feel like there's a couple spin-off games in there somewhere. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah, it's that's it's, the general gist of it. You need a, was the best title for anything I've ever heard. Oh yeah, it's so dumb. It's so awesome. <laughs> hey, it produced the best the best omelet ever made. Oh, I, I I think I would really enjoy Revengeance if I played it because it's like a platinum game, right? Like, yeah, it, 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 yeah. But like, I love how like it, they didn't call it Vengeance or Revenge. They no, called it Revengeance, yeah. and I respect that. That's got Konami all over it, or not Konami, Kojima all over it. Yeah. You put Kojima anywhere, and he's going to be a narcissist about it, but you know what? That's why we love Kojima games. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I've had a weird urge to finally play Death Stranding here recently, and sooner or later I'm going to buckle. And- I think you should. I think like it's it's not it's something. That's all I'll say. I might wait for the director's cut to come to PC. Is it not already on PC? I don't think so. Just the regular version? Yeah. Weird. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't actually want the features of the director's cut. I just feel like Death Stranding is a game that will benefit to me from having an like a community playing it at the same time. I, I guess, right? Like you don't. There's no like interaction though. It's just like you see their effects on the world a little bit, but like. Yeah, I mean, in a literal sense, I want to like see it on social media and stuff at the same time. So oh, okay. I feel like I'm part of the crowd. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't explain why that matters to me, but it does a little bit. I play a lot of games way after they matter, and it's nice to be a part of the crowd sometimes. Yeah. So Metal Gear. Metal Gear. It's like a video game. That's all I got. <laughs> all you got? You have anything got. else, Connor? Uh, no, I already talked about Splunky too and stuff. I haven't gotten enough Astroneer to make a to make an opinion about the new update. All right, yeah, I think I'm done too. So I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys next week. See you next. See week. you next week. Bye.